0: to live your life in such a way that God can trust you with more. Some of you, if you want to know whether God might potentially use you in a place of prominence, first question you want to do is, how am I glorifying Him right now?
1: If you want God to give you something big, first be faithful in something little. Learning to think small on today's Destined for Victory with Pastor Paul Shepherd. Well, God spoke to Joseph through a dream, a dream in which one day he would hold a position of prominence. He gave Joseph a glimpse of something big in his future. But along the way, Joseph had to take a series of small, sometimes painful steps. As you listen to Pastor Paul's message today, think about your life, your calling, your dreams, and remember, it's the journey that prepares you for the destination. Stay with us now or visit pastorpaul.net to hear any recent message on demand. That's pastorpaul.net. Now, Here is Pastor Paul, he's Senior Pastor at Destiny Christian Fellowship in Fremont, California. And he has today's message, Lessons Dreamers Must Learn.
0: I'd rather be in a vocation I'm not crazy about at this moment. I can't envision being crazy about at that moment. But I'd rather be in his will, where his blessing, where his provision, where his grace, where his purpose are, than for me to go do what I want and I'm sitting out there by myself. So I said yes to him. And guess what? The Lord then, after I surrendered, he put in my heart what he called me to do. He didn't want me to go through my life being mad that I was a pastor, but I had to surrender first. See, some of y'all want to get glad first. You want the fulfillment first. No, surrender first and you say yes to God, then he brings the joy, he brings the peace, he brings the surrender. I'm now glad God has made me a shepherd after his own heart to shepherd his people and to lead them in the truths of God. I'm glad for what God is doing through my ministry. I'm excited to be able to be a blessing to other people and to be a vessel in his hand. It's a wonderful experience. And God has given me now The ability to have that sense of fulfillment as a result of my career, even though I thought the best way to be fulfilled would have been to go in another direction. So I want to tell someone that you got to distinguish your fantasies from God's dreams and make sure your heart is to do his will. Fourth thing I want you to know about God's leading with regard to dreams and vision. Number four, a dream of prominence is not necessarily ego-driven, or carnal in nature. Now I want you to see, I've juxtaposed these last two points. On the one hand, you want to distinguish personal fantasies from God's dream, but on the other hand, don't assume that God's dream means you're supposed to be inconspicuous, nobody knows who you are. You know you know these falsely, you've never met them, but I met them, these falsely humble Christians. I don't want to be seen, I don't want, any, want anybody to see me, I just want them to see Jesus. How are people going to see Jesus without seeing you? Jesus is in heaven. The only way they're going to see him is they have to see him through you. Which means you can't be all in the background, all falsely harming. No, I don't want anybody to see me. Uh. No. They're going to see Jesus through you. And so for some of us, God's gonna put us in a place of prominence. Why? So that he can be seen in that context. So a dream of prominence is not necessarily ego-driven or carnal in nature. Look at this text. Joseph's dream was that one day he would be prominent. And it was from God. See, some of y'all, if God gave you a dream of prominence, you just go to rebuking the devil. I know that's the devil. Satan, the blood is against you. (laughs) You're trying to get me high and lifted up in pride. No. No. This was a dream of prominence. Now, look at it. On the surface, you could easily think, that boy tripping. Here he is, a younger brother, and he has a dream. The first dream is that all of his brothers, older than him, are bowing down to him. You're like, oh, please, get over yourself. But it was God. Second dream, not only were his brothers bowing, but his mother and father were bowing to him. Now you really say, now he is seriously doing some tripping. In fact, did you know his father rebuked him? His father said, how dare you think? It felt disrespectful. Daddy, one day you're going to be bound to me. You didn't say that in that culture. And in certain families today, you still don't say that. Not many, but a few still left. These days, you know, a lot of folk, you tell your parents off and all that stuff. Not where I grew up where I grew up, you say the wrong thing, or if you could say something that itself wasn't harmful but the tone in your voice. Oh, I can see some folk were raised like me. Sometimes it wasn't about what you said, just your sound. You sound a little too grown, you sound a little, and you always knew you sounded wrong because your parents looked at you. It wasn't what they said in response, it was a look. That look meant, have you temporarily (laughs) lost your mind? (laughs) And you can tell that Joseph has a dream of prominence that is understandably offensive to his brothers and to his parents. But here's the point. It was God. You need to know God has some plans for your life that if other folk get a hold of it, they will assume you have wrong motives. But you gotta to learn to follow God and not the path that most folks can understand. What led me to this pastorate I've enjoyed over these years was following God and not what most folk would understand. And you're gonna to have to do that in your life. And let me tell you something else. You're going to have to resist the notion that sometimes is in your own mind that if it is a place of prominence, it can't be God. It's got to be my ego. Because remember, God wants to use us as his vessels. And if God wants to give you a place of notoriety, he wants to give you fame, he wants to give you wealth, he wants to bless you in some conspicuous way, it is for his glory, not yours which means he will put you in that place of prominence and when you get there, you will let everybody know this is a God thing. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. See, if God gives you notoriety and fame and wealth, it's not so you can go on MTV Cribs. You understand? That's not God's plan. God want me on Cribs. Well, no, that can't be Why he put you there. Even if you end up on cribs, it'll be so when they come to your crib, they'll learn about Jesus in your life. (laughs) See, you see crib and they walking around all the room and here's my fancy this and here's my that. If they put you on there as a God-fearing person, you'll go in there and say, here's where I talk to God. Here's my prayer room. Here's where I lay out before God. Here's where I get his direction for my life. This is the Bible I read. This is the one. Look, look, look at those pages, that little wrinkle because I've been crying as I've been reading them. See, that's what I'm talking about now. That's somebody God might put on cribs. You got to understand, God may call some of us to a place of prominence. But if he calls you there, it's not for you, it's for his glory. You're just a vessel, which means you have to live your life in such a way that God can trust you with more. Some of us, God can't trust us. The best thing God is doing in some of our lives is keeping us inconspicuous and broke. Because you can't handle it yet. And here's the biblical reference. Jesus said, he who can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. Luke chapter 16, I'm in the book. Some of you, if you want to know whether God might potentially use you in a place of prominence, first question you want to do is, how am I glorifying him right now? If you can't glorify God in a hoopty. If you can't glorify God rolling on thirteens. I know some of y'all don't understand what I just said. That's all right, ask some of the young folk, they'll straighten you out. If you can't glorify God rolling on thirteens, just get them 24s out of your mind. if you can't glorify God working in a cubicle, get that corner office out of your mind. God prepares us in obscurity. God takes a shepherd boy, teaches him how to lead by leading sheep, Nobody out there impressed, impress. Just you and sheep. But folk don't know it, but God is grooming a king. You got to understand, you got to stop despising your sheep days. Because God has a plan even for your sheep. If you're a stay-at-home mother, you got to understand, God might be preparing you for something now, but right now, he wants you to take good care of those children that are the heritage of the Lord in your life. (laughs) Quit ignoring your kids trying to prepare for fame. God might be preparing you by teaching you some lessons through those children, And so you got to learn to not despise the day of small beginnings because they can be excellent preparation. So the point is, a dream of prominence is not necessarily ego-driven or carnal in nature. What you have to learn to do is to say, God... If this is your will to take me to higher heights, to give me fame, notoriety, wealth, if that is your will, I say yes to it. But Lord, take me up slow. My dad used to tell us that when God is grooming you for greatness, he takes you up slow. So that the ride up doesn't make you dizzy. He, Some folk, you see, you know the way they got the prominence, God didn't take them there. Because they are full of themselves when they get there. You ever seen that? You ever seen somebody promoted before their time? You ever seen somebody on a job who has a responsibility they really did not earn? They don't know how to treat people. They don't know how to talk to people. You know why? Because they didn't come up through the ranks. I'm glad God didn't let me just jump to senior pastor. I'm glad I started as a deacon. Well, before I was a deacon, I was a Sunday school teacher with no classroom. They put a couple of chairs out, said, there you are. (laughs) And you teach those few folks the Word of God. Then you become a deacon. My assignment, some of y'all have heard me tell it, my assignment as a deacon, my first assignment was to take the lady who lived the farthest from the church home every week. Little precious little Barbadian woman, and she loved church. She won't stay to the bitter end. You know, we'd have long service. (laughs) Long service, and then you go have dinner after service in the fellowship hall, and she just sitting there just fellowshipping with the saints, just the last few folk at the table, and she's sitting there, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and she just having a good old time, and I'm standing there, deacon, waiting for her to come. Now, I'm single, young man, trying to get my Mac on. (laughs) Got some things I want to do got some phone numbers I need to call this the day before cell phones you got to finish with this lady before you can talk to somebody ask Meredith when we started dating she rode out to that lady house with me sometime that's the only way you were going to talk you had to take her out there first Heart and never did give me gas money. <laughs> I didn't know it, but God was preparing me. I didn't know God was gonna have me speaking to hundreds of thousands every day on the radio. I had no idea that was coming, riding my car, riding this lady out to God knows where. I still don't know where that town was that lady lived. But God has a way of preparing you. And God was working something out. And I had to keep my heart right. Keep a smile on my face. Keep from telling that lady, are you finished eating yet? (laughs) I need you to understand, God is up to something in your life. And for some of us, it's going to take us to a place of prominence, more notoriety than you have now, which means you've got to be careful about the way you live now. See, if God's going to bless you with more fame or more notoriety or promotion on your job or more influence with others or a different context of ministry where you'll reach different types of people, whatever it is God has in mind for you, you got to understand that now is a significant season. And you can't despise what he is doing now, because God is up to something. You have to treat people right now. Don't say, when I, oh, when I get there. No, no, no. How are you handling your little responsibilities now? If people don't like you now, why would God give you more folk to hate you? So you got to learn that this season is significant. And you got to learn that just because it's a dream of prominence doesn't necessarily mean it's your ego driving it. If you've got ego issues, you need to get them on the altar and get that straight out and say, Lord, I just want to make a name for myself. I want everybody to know who I am. I want to be a household name. Well, if you have an ego problem, you need to get before God until you say, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. But on the other hand, When you want to be used of God, you got to understand God wants to use some of us in places where we really influence a lot of other folks. God has plans because I'm telling you, these are the last of the last days. And if our increasingly unchurched generation is going to learn who Jesus really is and not just what somebody else said about Christianity. See, when you hear folks talking about all Christians are hypocrites, that just means they ran into the wrong bunch. That's all. So some of us who know not all Christians are hypocrites, some of us live for Christ, some of us are humble, some of us love the Lord, some of us want to see his will done, then God's got to take us and put us in a place of prominence. And so we have to be in a position where when God is ready to promote you, you've learned all your lessons, you've passed all your tests, and you're ready to go. If God wants to bless you with some more money, Best way you can know that you're ready, I told the Lord for many years, I have passed the poverty test. I told God that fairly regularly for a whole season of my life. Lord, I hope that you understand that I am passing the poverty test. So whenever you are ready to give me the prosperity test, I'm good to go. You know what passing the poverty test means? It means you give to the Lord out of what you have now. You don't say, well, let the people that, that bless, let them give all the money. No, you understand like that widow in Jesus' day that giving is not an act of people who can give it off the top. Giving is the privilege of everyone who knows that there is a God worthy of our worship, and part of our worship is giving Man, if you want to see a story in your Bible, look at that passage where you are told in Luke's gospel that there is this little widow who comes and brings her coins and drops them in the collection. And Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was looking. Talk about political incorrectness. Watching folk give. Now, you know, well, you know, our church, we give in our offering boxes, but there were years when we just passed the baskets, just like most churches do today. We did that for years till the Lord told me to do it this other way. I was scared to death when he told me that. When the Lord said, build those tithing offering boxes and put them in, let the saints get that way. I said, do you know how much money we need? And now I can't watch them. I now know that's probably one of the reasons he wanted to make sure we knew this has got to be a God thing. This can't be about any pressure. But the fact of the matter is, we used to give like most churches and them just passing the basket, and Jesus was watching because he saw what the other people gave, and then he saw what the lady gave. That's politically incorrect. How would you like to pass? You walk up in a church where you walk up and give the offer, and he's looking while you... most of y'all said, excuse me? (laughs) Uh, Do you have an eye problem or something? (laughs) And Jesus noted, this woman outgave all of them. Not in quantity, but in the worship of her heart. Jesus said she gave everything she had. In other words, this widow knew, if I'm sustained, I'm going to be sustained by God. And I owe him my worship even when I have very little. Some of us have to understand that about our lives. God is setting you up now. So what are you doing now? What tests have you been failing that you got to start passing now so that when God is ready to cause the manifestation of the sons of God, to be revealed in these last times so that people can know what Christians really look like. I'm tired of the reputation being all about the hypocrites. It's time for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God to come forward, for us to let our world know that there is a right way to live. You don't have to be kooky and special. You can be a Christian who has fun, loves God, lives a great life. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. He didn't come to make you miserable. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. God came into your life through his son that you might have abundant life. We ought to be the best folk to hang out with. We ought to be the best people. Folk like seeing you come. If you're on your job and when your coworkers see you come, they say, oh, uh uh-uh. Oh, uh uh-uh. uh. Let me know when she went by. You have more work to do because we are to let our light shine that men will see our good works, glorify our Father in heaven.
1: Today's message, Lessons Dreamers Must Learn, is part of a larger series on the keys to achieving your destiny in Christ. Even when God gives us a dream, a vision, or a burden, it may be years before those dreams are realized. It's during this period, this journey, that we are being prepared for the destination. If you've missed any of these messages along the way, please visit pastorpaul.net to listen online on demand, starting with Pastor Paul's message on March 1st, Destined but Dysfunctional. And if you need prayer today, send us your request using the contact feature at pastorpaul.net. That's pastorpaul.net. While you're there, be sure to ask for his monthly letter of encouragement, yours at no cost or obligation. Well, our mission is to share the gospel with as many people as we can, and we'd love for you to join us by praying for this ministry and perhaps sending a generous gift today. As our way of saying thanks, we'll send you by request the InterVarsity Press Study Guide, Joseph, How God Builds Character. In this outstanding resource, you'll take an in-depth look into the story of Joseph, a story of faith and perseverance that will strengthen your own walk with Jesus and bring you assurance that God's plans for you will never fail. That's Joseph, How God Builds Character, yours by request for your generous gift to Destin for Victory. Call 855-339-5500 or visit pastorpaul.net to make a safe and secure donation online. And as always, you can mail your gift to Destined for Victory at Post Office Box 1767, Fremont, California, 94538.
0: God is up to something in your life. Therefore, I want to encourage you, do not despise the day of what you're going through right now. Be faithful to God now so that you can qualify for whatever He has in store later.
1: That's next time when Pastor Paul Shepard shares his message, Lessons Dreamers Must Learn. Until then, remember, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. In Christ, you are destined for victory.